welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Sit down for a, a short while. There's some things we need to do. There's a word I need to bring. Children, teenagers, stay exactly where you are for the minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I have a word this morning. The worship was exciting. I could hear belief. It was like cascading over my shoulders. But you know what? God is going to take you to a place of even greater victory this morning. Not sometime, not maybe, this morning. Health being restored in this building this morning. Sicknesses and diseases being chased out of body this this morning. Okay? Prosperity being released, that, that doesn't just mean being wealthy. The only reason God gives you, makes you financially wealthy is to enable you to be generous and a blessing to others. So it includes that, but you can be prosperous in everything that you do. Prosperous in your studies as a student. Prosperous in the workplace. Prosperous in your friendships. Prosperous in the amount of people you talk to that win to Jesus. Prosperous in the police uh, service. Prosperous in the local council. Prosperous in Sainsbury's. Wherever you are, we see prosperity and abundance, multiplication and favour. And the only reason we don't is because we've been allowed a little shell to grow around us that we have accepted and said, this is my normal, this is my lot. I'm coming to tell you today, it is not your lot, it is not your normal, it doesn't belong to you, it's a lie of the enemy and we have been telling the enemy to go, get lost, go away, disappear, be vanquished. We're routing him 35 miles down the road as it said in David and we are not accepting anything less. No little sneaky groups around farmsteads, no little bits of the enemy trying to take out pockets of the family those days are over those days are over those days are over hallelujah I'm still doing the offering honest (laughs) but there's a something I'm not I'm getting it from you I'm expressing what the faith that's in you Because God has placed it there. I'm not saying things that we're going to be. This is what's out there. This is what people are saying. I know you want to be out of that shell. You've been pecking at it. Some of you have got a bit exhausted and like the little chicken, you just... (sighs) (laughs) I can't do that anymore. I'm going to stay inside this egg. That's what the chicken's saying. You might not have heard it before, but that's a direct translation. But these chickens are not caught to be chickens in eggs. And that's no yolk. We, I couldn't resist. (laughs) Don't stone me. Don't stone me. (laughs) We are called to a fulfillment of what God has spoken over us. Hallelujah. And we're not going to accept anything else. You've got unfulfilled promises. Instead of, oh, there's so many good things. It's like, right. This is the time. I'm having this. This is the year of God breaking out. And that means through the people. When David took that army down into the valley of giants, as it says in 2 Samuel, where we were reading. When he took the army down and there was a great victory because he'd inquired of the Lord what to do. They saw the enemy, a victory over the enemy. But the word says, God had the victory. But the people thought, it hasn't changed. God's victory in this house comes when the people fight for everything that is of the kingdom. Pray, says Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Why is he telling people to pray that unless we've got to pray that to see that happen? Otherwise, it's a waste of time. 
If it was all just ping, 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 there would be no need for Jesus to tell us. We would just walk around thanking our eternal Father Christmas that all his gifts are there because we've been a good boy or girl. But it's not like that. We're not little kids. We're adults. We're not wimps, snowflakes, or whatever other negative words get spoken over people. We are warriors under the warrior-in-chief. Not warriors that fight people, but warriors that fight for the good of the kingdom, to release the kingdom of heaven here on the earth. In our lives, in the lives of our friends, in the lives of this community, and in the lives of the Scarborough community, and in the lives of North Yorkshire, and to whichever area God tells us to put our feet on and says, you have authority here. The thing is, because where we take our feet and where we stand, we're praying your kingdom come because it's not come in the way God wants it to come. So we're there to see it come, to see it manifest, to see it happen. And we will not allow the enemy to come and say, oh, it's not working. It's not working. You've been trying very hard. You need a rest. Sit in your shell (laughs) and moan. Look at that lovely yoke. Look at that lovely white stuff that you've been feeding on the baby milk get back to that you don't want any of the tough stuff you don't want any of that warrior stuff you're here to sit in some egg yolk you're here you're lovely and protected by this shell hardly anybody can see you hidden in here you don't want people to see you do you if you break out this shell the enemy might see you yeah he will and run in fear (laughs) well Praise God. Now, we are genuinely going to take some time to give, uh, 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 give to God by the way of making our offering. We're going to do it slightly different this morning because Hannah Wilkinson is with us, everybody. Where are you, Hannah? I've lost you. Oh, hiding behind a pillar to me. <laughs> right, Hannah has been working down in London with the missionary team XLP. And as you know, she's been raising her own funds and she's believing God. And she's doing various things to help. We've got a cake stall over there today. Woo! Go and, uh, you know, have some glorious nice cakes. I don't know who made them. Did James make some? Did Hannah make some? Mum made the most? No! Jonathan made the most. Jonathan. Wow. Jonathan, stand up. Stand up, Jonathan. Take a bow. Okay. Now, you see what you have here is a man of faith. You see, we mysticize and spiritualize faith. Jonathan is a man of faith. He believed, if I make cakes, people will buy them. They'll pay outrageous prices for them to, <laughs> to support my sister in her mission work in London. Right? That was his faith, wasn't it, right? Yes. Otherwise you wouldn't have bothered making cakes. Yes. That's what faith is. It's practical action because you believe. And then you go red because you get pointed out. And then you go red because someone said you're going red. And then you go even redder. No. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. Sorry to embarrass you. But it is. That's faith. Hallelujah. Sometimes we think people have got to grow up to exercise faith. Sometimes we need to look at the children to see what real faith is. Because real faith is trusting God that he will answer. Amen. I still haven't got to the offering. This is bad. (laughs) So what we are going to do is Hannah, as uh, the other Hannah, there she is at the back with, uh, oh James. They have got queued up with the sound tech team uh, a video uh, another excerpt from what's been going on down at XLP. It's not, it's not just this is Hannah, it's a general one. 
But it gives you an idea of what we're supporting in prayer when we get behind Hannah, as we've been doing over this past time. But, just to confuse you, and because I've taken so much time doing the offering, we will pass the buckets round to give into the offering while the video is showing. I know, I know we don't normally do that. I know it's different. Hold on to your Baptist chairs. It's fine. We're not Anglicans. We can change things without a special letter from the bishop. <laughs> I love Anglicans and Baptists. My apologies to you all. They are awesome. So, let's do that. At the same time, we're going to watch this video, and that's why Ignite and J247 are still here in with us. Don't disappear during the offering this morning. Watch Hannah's video to be excited about the things that you're going to be involved with in different ways in the future, wherever God places you. Okay? Thank you, guys. Well, praise God. Hasty reminder of what we're here for. Others is the answer. Whatever age we are, God is for us. We're for the others. So that they can come into this glory of knowing this relationship. Um, Andrew, you have a story you want to tell us. Welcome, Andrew, everybody. Uh, some of you might not know Andrew uh, so well. Andrew used to be uh, a very regular part of the congregation yes. way back, didn't you, when we were in the library. And uh, Andrew, uh, you're I, normally... I, I have been as well as in St. Joseph's Theatre as well when you've been there as well. Oh, at the theatre, yes. But he's got a story that he wants to tell you and share with us because we're still all part of the same family of God. Uh, if somebody do, uh, doesn't know me, my, uh, I repeat, my name is Andrew. I have been associated with God, actually, from 1999. I started to be a faithful Christian. I was baptized at that time in Poland. But it is not uh, like a story for my life. But I want to tell you one story which actually recently happened uh, about uh, last year. Uh, I started to feel very strong pain in the right hand side, and doctor actually uh, diagnosed this like uh, appendicitis. And therefore, to make sure, they did colonoscopy. And through the colonoscopy, they discovered that I've got in my colon uh, some uh, cancer cells. So they put me on. Chemo- uh, of course, I had operation. They took uh, one part of my large bowel and uh, chemotherapy and other things like that. But, uh, of course, I said, God is great and he will give me what I want. So I told as well to, to Pastor, Jeff Bow- Pastor Jeff Bowell from SCF about this and uh, he prayed for me and uh, all of this congregation. And one day after about, it was like a fourth or third visit with oncologist. And the oncologist said to me, my friend, I want to tell you one thing. It is no point to keep you in oncological clinic because your body is free of cancer. Amen. So you can imagine how I was able to feel afterwards. So praise the Lord, Jesus Christ. Uh, yesterday, today, and forever the same. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 
Obviously, Andrew just came to, with uh, that to me earlier, so like, well, that fits in with what God's doing today. Roy, I want you to tell your story about Thursday night and what you did and what happened that you were telling me earlier with your mum. If you're not sure why, I'll say why afterwards. Um, we went home uh, this weekend to see our nine-day-old on Friday great-nephew. Um, and so... Then while we was home, um, at sort of the Wigan way, we went to see my mum and my brother on the uh, Friday and the Saturday. So my mum's in her 80s and she was coming downstairs and uh, she was having pain in her foot. You could see she was in a bit of pain. And I remember what Paul said on Thursday, that um, when you're a Christian, you're going to pray for the sick and the sick's going to recover. So I prayed a very non-religious prayer to my mum. I said, mum, I just want to pray for you. You're going to recover and you're going to be well. And so I waited a couple of seconds and said, how are you feeling? She said, it's just the same. So, um, so I sort of prayed again and asked her a bit later on. I said, how do you feel now after I prayed for your leg? And she said, no, it's just the same. It still hurts. And uh, so at that point, we came away about five o'clock yesterday. And um, so I thought, well, the best thing I can do is just continue to pray for my mum, which we did on the way home and I have done this morning. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, I'd like to be able to give you a miraculous story but I'm sure it will turn into a miraculous story but at the moment that's, that's, that's the truth of what happens but now one of, the, one of the things that you said was I'm going to continue to pray yeah. so I brought in the reserve team okay. <laughs> <laughs> to stand with you as you pray for the health of your mum okay. Okay? but one reason I wanted Roy to tell this story was because at the moment it's not finished and sometimes we think we don't have a story. i tell you why this is a story. On Thursday night, we really looked at and we even anointed hands with oil because we really took hold of that scripture, the believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And I wanted you to see that Roy was obedient to that word. And sometimes we think, oh, obedience, you know, I, I want to see the results. But it starts with submission to God. And so God says, lay your hands on the sick. The actual healing part, he does anyway. So we keep laying hands on the sick and expect people to recover. So that is a great story. We need to be sharing the stories of victory like Andrew's. But also let's share these stories of we haven't seen the final victory yet. Because it's about a journey sometimes. I want to see, and I know we're going to see, more and more healed. All right, we've seen some. You know we have. Metal disappearing out of that lady's arm just over there on the carpet, for example. And being completely healed of all the pain and suffering. We need to see that happening again and again and again and again. But not just here on the carpet, but out in our lives. Because that's where the healings really should be happening. You know, they can happen here. That is really good. But actually, this isn't about a super pastor that prays for all the sick. This is about the believers. Lay hands on the sick and they recover. Okay, so you're going to pray. All right, prophesy the healing over your mother. Don't ask, just speak healing. Okay, because we don't pray for healing, we actually heal people. That's what Jesus tells us to do. Uh, but we're temporarily just going to stand and get behind our leader here because he's leading the prayer. Okay, and agree with him. We'll hear lots thank of amens and things around the room as he prays. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Firstly, Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you that you are our healer. I want to thank you that your will is to heal. Your will is to heal us whether we're Christians or whether we're not Christians. Your will is to heal. Your son 
died on a cross, but he took 39 stripes so that healing is completely abolished. Completely and utterly abolished. And there's no sickness in Jesus because he's paid for every sickness. So I bring my mother before you and I thank you that my mother's leg particular, but from the top of my mother's head to the soles of her feet, she's completely well. My mother might be in her, in her 80s, but that's completely irrelevant. She's still completely well from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And I thank you, Lord, for the time that's quite near the future. It's quite not very far from now that I'm going to come and get hold of this microphone again and tell you how well my mother is in the natural. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Roy. All right. <laughs> None of you dare tell me a story again. <laughs> we also, we're just going to pray for Haley because uh, Dad's girlfriend has just died and she's just asked to pray for us, uh, her and her dad. So Haley, we just reach out to you and pray peace on you and your family and for your dad at this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So, I've got a couple of uh, ordinary notices here and then we'll see what we're going to do. But right now, it is time. Ignite. J247. Somewhat later than advertised. You can go! (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. So, just the uh, the, uh, family stuff. Um, the refugee collection of uh, bits and pieces, it finishes next Sunday. I won't go through all the stuff you can bring. If you're not sure, you can check with uh, my list afterwards. But, um, but most of you would have heard that. But that ends next Sunday. Today is also the last Discover. Uh, Discover is about discovering who God is, who this church is, and our role within the church. And we encourage everybody that's becoming part of it to um, be involved with that. Um, Today, specifically, you've got Claire talking about, the wor- about worship and the prophetic. Why do we worship like we worship? I mean, it's been a real focus just recently, quite rightly. Claire will give you some extra insight on where we're all coming from in that. Why, why do we do what we do? And also the prophetic. Uh, some of you will be aware, most of you may be aware, that uh, Claire with Kate has been taking groups of people through a prophetic course to enable us to walk in the prophetic uh, anointing that's on us. You see, I believe there's a five-fold gifting, but, and that's apostolic, prophetic, uh, pastoral, evangelistic, and what did I miss out? Evangelist. Teacher. Teacher, okay? But that anointing is within every single person. We can all operate in them. There are people that are called out of that to sort of lead and primarily lead uh, within that operation, and that actually sometimes changes. Uh, a time in my past, everything I did seemed to be completely prophetic. Every now and again, that breaks out again, but... Uh, so things can change, but everyone can be prophetic. And if you think that's wrong, think, isn't everybody supposed to be pastoral? Doesn't the word of God tell us to teach one another? Shouldn't we all be witnesses for the Lord, being evangelistic? And we're all apostolic. I mean, particularly this congregation, we know that that is a word over the whole of kingdom faith, that it's apostolic. What does apostolic mean? It means to be sent with purpose. We're sent to the people around us. Many people here 
are not originally from Scarborough. You were sent here to be part of changing this community and enabling people to uh, experience the love of God for themselves. So uh, there'll be that. And Andrew and Denise, who are our church pastors and exceptionally lovely. Um, (laughs) Denise is exceptionally lovely. Adrian, you just kind of put up with him, just following (laughs) up from his word. That's what he just said. So, you know, if he's going to speak it over him, there comes the fruit. If you speak positive stuff over yourself, you'll get positive fruit. <laughs> um, they're going to talk about the church family, what it is to be, how it works. Um, they talk about house church, which is the smaller groups that we meet in. And they'll talk about how pastoral things work. So, very important things in this yeah, the, the, of the way we work that you can be part of. Okay, so that runs at half past one, and it will be in the room upstairs. If you haven't made the previous two and you'd like to go along, feel free to go along anyway, um, because that will be good. Okay. Now I notice someone's put my questions up. Um, right. So we're going to start the preach with everybody preaching this morning. Uh, We've done this a few times before. So in a minute, we're going to uh, break into some groups. Um, This really um, is based on what we were looking at in Hebrews 10. Let me grab my Bible, because if I change my iPad over, you will no longer be able to see the questions, will you? I use good old-fashioned printing technology. Yeah, but then you have to find it, don't you? Right. Actually, that was convenient. Look, there's a ribbon in there. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> so we looked at the law is a shadow. This is from last week. If you weren't here, I apologise. Very, very quick summary. The law is only a shadow of the good things are, that are coming. We looked at the fact that the word is very well um, illustrated. This, the law is a shadow. Um, of the things to come by classical paintings where the artist would chalk out the, the amazing picture of the Annunciation or whatever they were painting. It would all be chalked out first. So you would see the painting, but it would be a shadow of only what is to come when it would be full colour and glorious. Okay, it's still very valuable. If you find one of those original chalk drawings, you are way in there, mate. But uh, the paintings, of course, are infinitely more colourful and more value. We even looked at the idea of that uh, grace was the law in full colour. But, uh, so that's where that chapter begins. But as we went through it, we looked at the priests making sacrifices. And the writer here makes it very clear that those sacrifices didn't achieve anything. But were point, and we know they didn't achieve anything because, in terms of making people holy because they had to continually be repeated. And then he says, but there's one sacrifice that has been made, and that has been made forever. And so he says, and by that will, that's the will of God, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So, everyone who believes in Christ says that scripture and says it in other places, they are made holy. Okay? So... uh, uh, Here's the purpose of these questions then. Not to get into a long theological debate, but just to think what is God saying to us in this. So you're going to, in a second, mess all the chairs up and just turn into groups of three or four. And just have a go with these questions. They're similar to the questions we asked on Thursday night, but slightly differently. The first one, what do I do? This is like the priest 
in the Old Testament who was making the sacrifice day after day, year after year. But it then makes you think, what do I do? Perhaps again and again to try to draw near to God to gain forgiveness, to be acceptable. So, you know, that's going to be interesting. That's just something that I keep doing because I think it will enable me to draw to God better. Okay? Then, the second question, what difference does it make if I believe I am are holy? Well, that should say I am holy. And the last one is, am I holy? Just ask it of one another. Are you holy? And see how you feel about the answer. See what you know and see what you feel. Are they the same? Should they be the same? Okay? So you've only got about five minutes to do all three questions. So mess all the chairs up, get into some different groups, perhaps talk to somebody you don't normally talk to. Ready, steady, go. Hallelujah. Okay. If you could just bring the conversations to an end. But just stay where you are. Don't bother about moving back to... You might want to swivel around and look forward if that's uncomfortable for you. But Now. If we had more time, we might go through those questions together and have some feedback. But because I want us to hear a little bit more from the Word and, and, and worship together at the end... Uh, we'll leave it with that, that, what you've said with each other. Other than, I will say, the top one, it's amazing how many things you can sometimes spot creeping in that you think you have to do to enable you to meet with God. We start to become the Old Testament priest again. It might be that you think, I have to raise my hands. It might be that you think, I have to dance or kneel. It can be anything. It can be good things or it can be bad things. You might think, I have to go and see a priest and obtain confession before I can meet with God. So it can be a huge range. I doubt that's people here, but there are people for whom that would be a real thing, that they would need that absolution before they could meet with God. Um, the second question, what difference does it make if I believe I am holy? Um, we'll touch on that perhaps in a slightly different way as I go on to talk. And am I holy? It's just a really good question to ask of ourselves in the sense of discovering what's my initial reaction. I think that most people here today, sat in this room, will know that the, what I said earlier is true, that you are holy. But do you feel holy? And sometimes people say, well, my feelings, they're a bunch of liars. It's a famous Smith Wigglesworth quote. But feelings are important. God doesn't highlight reason above emotion. That's the Enlightenment of the 17th century that did that. And later, it's modern thinking that did that. Both are important. So, but often if we, yes, I will trust and believe in God's word, both come together then. Faith that it's true for me and believing that it's true. Now, let's put that to one side. You can flick those questions off for me, actually. Please. Thank you. Because then I can go back to the Bible page I had open and you won't see tiny, tiny, tiny text on the screen. So, Hebrews 10. And everything I was saying earlier really was part one of what I'm going to say now. This is a church of victory. Now, sometimes the danger of being a church of victory 
is that the people who don't feel victorious feel second class. Can we just make it clear that that's absolute garbage? Okay? Because otherwise you end up with the desperate situation, for example, that people who are sick feel second class. That's, what, that's where you get to if you go down that route. So let's just get rid of all of that. We are where we are by grace. Okay? And we cannot judge one another for our faith, lack of faith, or tremendous faith because we don't know of anyone else at all. We haven't a clue. I have no clue what Ruth's faith level is like. I can see things that she does, but she might do that by faith. She might do it because she's bored. She might do it because she's feeling particularly gorgeous today. It could be any reason. It might just look like faith. I cannot judge her. It's impossible. We don't know. The only person that knows about faith is God himself. We don't even really know ourselves. We can think we do. And then suddenly you come across something and you think, like that question, am I holy? And you think, I don't feel holy. And suddenly you think, oh, I wasn't in faith like I thought I was. I need to get behind that. I need to pray. I need to get with God so that I know that I'm holy. Because it is very important to know that you're holy. Because then you know you can go before God. And the theme of this morning, even in all the victorious stuff earlier, is about drawing close to God. Drawing near to God. When... Jesus was preaching in the Gospels. He very often said, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's the same Greek as draw near to God. It's the same words being used. That idea. When he says the kingdom of God, the Greek says there is a presence here. Well, there is a presence here. So how do we draw near to God if we don't start having to do things to make us come before God? Well, the Bible does actually give us A thing to do to be close to God, which is the same as draw near. And we want to be close to God because it's his strength that makes us break out the shell. It's not about us getting big muscles. It's about us being strengthened by God. We we can't do anything by our might, our strength. We want to do everything we do in God's spirit. But you do get stronger. It's like faith muscles, I guess. You do get stronger in God when you experience trusting him and breaking through situations. I don't believe God ever wants people... He doesn't like inflict bad situations on people. We're in a fallen world. But he does want us to live through them and see the victory. Because then we're stronger to believe for others. Okay, we'd be a rubbish church if we'd always had banana cake for tea and porridge for breakfast, central heating always on, a roof that never leaked, a toilet that always worked. We'd be rubbish. We'd be so comfortable and lovely. We wouldn't know what it was like to be cherry. And maybe we don't fully know what it's like to be cherry. But the more we come up against, the more we can learn to help others to overcome. And there are many people in this room who have overcome desperate circumstances and some who are living through really difficult circumstances right now. Some of which we'll know about and some of which we don't. So, where are we going? Well, what the Lord reminded me of this morning was a scripture that I've been saying quite a bit recently as we've been talking about David because it's it's continuing very much in that theme of Seeing the enemy off the premises, as it were. 
God's been very clear to me that we are a people of faith. All right? that's, that's what I believe he's telling me. Uh, we are a people of faith. I'm not saying we're perfect, but we are a people of faith. Uh, but, and he said, but the reason you've not seen the healings that you've expected, the salvations that you've expected, the finances that you've expected, although we've had some great breakthroughs in all those areas, is because the enemy has been stealing from you. The enemy is a thief. The enemy is a destroyer. And that's what he's been doing. So part of this breaking out the shell is learning to resist the enemy. Now, I'm not getting all doody, 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 doody on you. And I'm not looking for demons behind every pillar and every bush. This is just an acknowledgement that that's there. We don't actually have to take down every demon. Because when you walk into the room in the light of Christ, they, they can't stand it. They're the easiest thing to deal with. Because they believe more than you do sometimes. They know who Jesus is. They just don't like you to remind them of it because then they can't stand it. It does say, even the belief, when talking about Jesus being the Son of God, it says, even the demons believe that and shudder. Because James, that writes that, is making the point that what true faith is, is living it out. It's not just believing something. You, you have to do something with it. Now, so this is what, where we are at, if you like, in seeing these victories established and where we're going to go with our worship in about seven minutes. Okay? I haven't got long to speak. So if you're looking at your Bible, you, you're welcome to turn to James chapter 4. I'm just going to look, uh, I think I'll start at verse 6. This fits very, very much in with the word that David bought, halal, this morning. Uh, the Hebrew word that is usually translated praise like it was there in Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. But actually that word halal means to dance, to rave, to celebrate, to be noisily foolish. There's a little bit more in it than just praise the Lord. And we saw it happening. People were responding in faith to the word. And God was bringing you to a place where you could hear what's going to happen now. So, and he, that's God of course, and God gives grace generously. This is from the New Living Translation. You could put it up if you like at the back. Um, and he, God, gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Who are the proud and who are the humble? Well, if I tell you that the humble are the people that trust God and what he says, you'll work out what the proud are. The proud are people that will say things like, I'm not any good. The proud are the people that say God couldn't call me to any sort of ministry. The proud are the people that say I'm worth nothing. The proud are the people that say I will be stuck with this sickness all my life. The proud are the people that say this mental illness, although it will be severe and, um, and dangerous and harmful, I don't deny that, but they are the people that say this is my identity, this is who I am. Anxiety, fear or any other form is not your identity. Your identity is perfection in Christ. And that's what we take hold of. And when things come against that, we say, I'm not having that. I'm taking hold of perfection. Because, and that's what's happening in all of us. It's not that one, any of us are worth less than anyone else because of where we're at. That's a complete wrong way of thinking. 
We are all equal before God, but we all have different roles and responsibilities before God. So I am called to be the leader. So the word says, give them double honour. Why? Because it's a difficult job. And it will help them to do it, and then it will be better for you. That's why. It's very practical. But I'm still... So you might say, well, how are we equal if you're the leader? Because we're equal before God. I'm not worth more than you for being the leader. I have a role to do. And that role is to teach, to bring the vision, to take authority, to make decisions sometimes with other leaders, of course. That's my role. That's my responsibility. That's my ministry. One day it won't be. Maybe it's because I've gone to glory or because I'm doing something completely different. But it won't always be the same. Our roles and responsibilities change. But we're all equal before God. Now, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. In other words, if you choose to believe what you think and feel apart from this word, it will be like God is opposing you. He wants to be there. But he gives grace, favour if you like, is another translation of the Greek word charis there, but gives grace to the humble. So verse 7, this is the, the scripture that we've quoted a lot. So, humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And this is exactly where we're at as a church. Notice, it doesn't say resist the devil. It says submit, or there, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Some translations don't put humble. It says submit. It's the same thing. It's believe God. It's trust God that he's right, not you, when you're in disagreement. We're very proud people. We don't like to think we're wrong. We do know better. I'm living this life, God. You can't possibly know what I'm going through. He does, and he knows better than you. He knows exactly So, we humble ourselves before God. We are obedient to the word. This is what grace is given to us to enable. Some people think grace means you can do anything. No, grace is given to enable us to live the word out. The favour of God is upon us to enable us to live the word. Because sometimes it's really tough. I don't know about you, but there's many things sometimes I don't want to do. You know you should be loving that enemy, but you don't want to. And it's coming before God and saying, I've got to submit, I've got to humble myself before you, Lord, because I know I've got to be in that place where I am loving them. It's tough. There's lots of tough words. We can't do it without grace. But that's, praise the Lord, what he gives us. But it's also part of the breaking out of the shell. If he just does it all for you, if he breaks the shell away completely, you won't be fit for anything. So God's grace is not something that just, oh, I don't need to do anything. I can just watch, I don't know, whatever you want to watch. Binge watch a whole 92 seasons of your favourite TV programme on Netflix. You know, I can just do that because God's God and there's grace. Well, if you do that, you will achieve nothing. (laughs) Sorry about you, you will. So it does make a difference, but what the difference is, is we submit to God. So... This morning, Dave uh, did 
because we're going through these different words for praise because God is reminding us that we're our praise, our praising people or worshipping people. He was up here telling us and reminding us of this word cholau, to dance, to rave, to celebrate, to be noisily foolish. And when we get confronted with that word, some of us will say, no. That's pride. This is not to condemn you. This is just to talk about it like it is. I don't look... If you've never been able to dance in worship, you're not inferior and I'm not superior. That, again, is the enemy's thinking. Everybody's at a different place in a journey of responding to the call of God. Okay? Nobody is lesser. Nobody is greater. We are all equal, but we do have different roles and responsibilities. So... This is so quiet teaching compared to what I was te- how I was shouting at you all earlier. But anyway, what a contrast. So, humble yourselves, believe God, resist the devil. Interestingly, that the word means stand firm using words and deeds. You, know, you can't just resist the devil in words. Sometimes you have to do something about it. You know, as the church, we bring a message of spiritual salvation. But we're also bringing your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. That isn't just about believers being believers. It's about changing communities and joining with what God is doing. It's, it's getting involved with things like community angels that are working uh, with people who are struggling, or XLP in London like Hannah is, or up at the Rainbow Centre working with people in need up there. That's part of being the kingdom. But it's also being involved, again, we're all called to different roles and responsibilities, perhaps to prevent by seeing laws change and working with people outside there so people aren't ending in a desperate situation and needing a food bank. It's no good just providing food banks if we could take action so that we didn't need food banks. Sometimes we as the church can forget that part of it, but that's all submitting to God. What's my role? Which is why if you're running a business right now, that can be how you're submitting to God. Because you're doing what he's told you to do, and you do it in a godly and honest way. And in doing so, you will resist the devil. Why is this so key this morning? Because the enemy has been in that valley, and we've got to continue to resist him. After David defeated them, remember, they came back again. This time he inquired of the Lord again, what shall I do this time? And he gave him the different tactics of uh, going behind the trees and when you hear the wind in the trees, then attack. And that's the time that they routed them 35 miles. The next time he's got something on was bringing that ark, God's presence, back into the middle of the people. And he does his best idea rather than inquiring of God. And it all goes wrong. We need to know what God says. So if God says cholau, let's cholau. Let's dance, not all the time. Be noisy, be foolish. Which is why David, as we read before, is dancing before the ark. He's dancing in the presence of God. Sometimes we think that the Holy of Holies is a place where it will always be silent. So we have this picture that holiness means silence. It can mean silence. It can mean trumpets, keyboards, guitars, people dancing and shouting. That's no less holy. It's not like a lesser. 
People say to me, oh, we need a bit of quiet so I can hear God. God can speak to you wherever you're at. He's very clever at that. Believe me, if God wants to speak to you, he can do it doing an amazingly loud guitar solo if he chooses to do, or he can do it when there's absolute silence in here and all you can hear is the air conditioning. And the lights occasionally twirling, maybe. Submit to God, resist the devil, and here is the promise. And he will flee from you. Now you see where I was coming at and why I was so... At the beginning, because I know that we are that victorious people. We are submitting to God. The devil will flee from us. And the very next verse then says, so you've done this. You've humbled. You've resisted. The devil's fleeing. So verse 8 then says, come close to God. Which was those questions, which is what we were talking about. Or draw near to God. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. What does that mean? Get rid of the worldly stuff in the way you're thinking. Purify your hearts. What does that mean? Love God. Learn to live his way. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. We don't want divided loyalties. We are to be in the world, but in the world as God's holy people. And remember, Jesus was the most holy person that's ever walked the planet and he was intensely attractive and the prostitutes and the, and the, the sinners gathered around him. So it's not about separating from people. It's about not thinking and becoming as them. You don't take the sinful aspects of the worldly culture and make it yours. You say, no, I'm not having that. But I will be amongst them. Like Jesus was at the wedding, even making wine at the wedding. So, where we are and where we're not going this morning, which is where I was going to go, is Hebrews 10.19. So that's for another time. But the come close to God and he will come close to you is what we're going to do now in worship. But we're coming... I have to give you verse 19. It's impossible not to. Because verse 19, coming after the chapter 10, says, Therefore... Therefore what? Therefore, because you are holy, brothers and sisters, this is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have confidence. Confidence means you can go in, not thinking you don't belong there. To enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. And verse 22, let us draw near to God. It's the same thing. Let's come before God. Why can we come before God? Not because Roy has watched some really good teaching and is believing what, I don't know, Joyce Mayer said on the God Channel. That's not why he can come before God. He comes before God because of what Jesus has done. Julie comes before God because she is holy. Not because she was kind to all the people that got into her taxi, though no doubt she was. <laughs> yeah. Andrew is holy. Not because he fe- feels it or believes it, but because God has made him holy. Now, there will be many people that will tell you that can't possibly be true. Look at our lives. Look at what we get wrong. Look at the mistakes we made. That is pride. It's saying what God did wasn't enough. My sin is so big, 
Jesus' sacrifice on the cross wasn't enough. I'm bigger than Jesus. That's what it actually says. But people think it's being ever so humble. It's actually being ever so full of pride. Because if you, if you trust God, if you humble yourself before God, you acknowledge that you're a sinner, you wash your hands, but you know that you've been made holy by his decision. Not by what you've done, but by what he's done. And in fact, not even in some senses by what you are believing, but by what he believes about you. I mean, you do need to believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour, because otherwise you're not acknowledging that you're holy. You have to believe that before you know you're holy. But actually, God believes in you a lot more than you believe in him. He's very good at faith. And he knows who lives in you, as in him. So he has tremendous faith in you and what God can do through you, because he is God. And he understands himself absolutely perfectly. He understands you absolutely perfectly. So you're never going to disappoint him, because he knows exactly what he's doing and who you are. He's he's never going to get disillusioned with you, because he's got no illusions in the first place. You cannot let God down. He knew. He knew that that was an egg you were going to hide in. It's all right. He's giving you another opportunity right now. So worship team, can you come forwards? Because time is ticking on. It's important. I'd like to, if you're wondering when we're going to finish, uh, it's 25 past now, and it would be good to just spend about 20 minutes in the most holy place. Now, That might mean we're dancing, or it might mean we're quiet, or it might mean both. All the chairs have been moved. It's got messy in here, that's good, because otherwise we become that spiritual condition called chair-bound. I've got to stand in front of this little piece of metal and fabric. That is my security when I'm here. I know, I do it too. But let's break out from your fabric and metal. And find yourself a bit of space where you can either be on your knees or on your face. This space down here, by the way, is not reserved. You're welcome here. I was really encouraged to see Dave Thomas down here earlier. It was like, yeah! It's good to have Bev and Andrea on the front row here. The front row is not a special place. It's, just, it's very convenient to have Ron with his wife here because Ron helps me out of his ministry. It's very convenient to have the church pastors here so you can see who they are. But it's not special. We are all equal but with different roles to do. And one of my roles is, because of who I am, I sit here so you can see me. These lot, they get to go on a platform. They must be super holy. And if I go back here, look, you've got keyboard, saxophone, toys. How holy must she be? She's giving me a look. And this man, I mean, look at those pedals. That's holiness right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's just their role. They're equal. 
Anyone could come up here. It does help if you spend time learning an instrument. And not the kazoo. Or the tambourine. <laughs> you see, Jossie... I pick on him because he remember, reminded me of this Thursday. He plays the guitar. Well, he's at least fooled us into thinking he does. But he plays it brilliantly. You're, you probably don't even notice it because it's just part of the team. And that's often what happens when we fulfill our role. You don't notice it. It's just part of the team. We're not supposed to be noticed. Some of us wear red so that we are. <laughs> but when you picked up a guitar how old were you when you picked up a guitar to learn it 16 when he picked up the guitar to learn it when he was 16 year old he became a guitarist he was a guitarist he was awful because there's no way a 16-year-old picking up a guitar was excellent straight away. You've got to get your fingers tough on those strings. You've got to develop the little calluses so you can hold them down. So he was a guitarist, but he's been learning to be a guitarist. So you are holy, but we're learning how to be holy. And so we come right before God. In these next few minutes, and it's not long, you can encounter God today. This is not just, oh, it's nice to sing a song. This is meet with the Lord. So, are you in a position that feels right to you to meet with the Lord of Lords, the King of of kings, the creator of the universe. Listen to the Spirit and say, how do you want me to be right now? Don't just think, oh, I like to sit, or I like to stand, or I like to kneel. Listen to how the Spirit guides you right now. We don't worship God in the way we just want to. We submit to God's way of doing things. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.